The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perseverance, uh, per, uh, perverseness is in it breaks the spirit. Uh, now we're going to go to Proverbs 15, 13 through 14. It says, a glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of, of heart, the spirit is crushed. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouths of fools feed on folly. Okay, go ahead and jump back a chapter to Proverbs 14.10 or look up on the screen. It says, the heart knows its own bitterness and no stranger shares its joy. And just a few verses up, Proverbs 14.13 even in laughter, the heart may ache, and the end of joy may be grief. And then Proverbs 14.30, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. And the last scripture for today is Proverbs 18.14, and it says this, A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear. Amen. Let's pray. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your throne of grace that we are freely able to, to run to, Lord. Um, through Jesus, you've made a way for us to freely receive um, your salvation, God, eternal life in your Son. And so we, we celebrate that today. We proclaim the gospel, God, as we saw last week um, in our study in Proverbs about how we use our words and how you care about not just what we say, but your word said it's in, what's inside of a man or woman that makes it unclean. And so... Lord, examine our hearts this morning. God, challenge us where we need to be challenged. God, convict us where we need to repent if, as the word of God illuminates and reminds us of areas where we have fallen against your holy word. God, begin to captivate our hearts as we sit under your authoritative word to hear from you today, Holy Spirit. May your word reign supreme over this place in Jesus' name, over our lives, over our marriages, over the students. God, every person here in this room, God, and I pray that you would bless my brother Randall as he preaches your word. Holy Spirit, may you fill him, God, with energy of your spirit, God, to proclaim your word. God, may it fall on good soil in our hearts. May we receive joyfully what it is the Lord has to say, God. And so we just thank you, Lord, of your work. We thank you for this community and every single person here today. God, fill us up. God, remind us and God, remind the enemy who's boss, Lord. And we just love you. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. All who agree, say amen. Amen. Thanks, Jonas. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you. What's up, Zeke? See you in the back back there, buddy. Hey, I just want to welcome you this morning. I'm sorry if it was a little hard to kind of navigate this morning. We didn't know that there was going to be some, like, parking stuff going out there where they're doing some lines. And then also we were just a little shorthanded with our facilities team to get out some of the signs. So we usually have signs out there. I just apologize for if it was hard to get here. This is your first time. Welcome. Um, and then also, if you've been here for a while, we need you. We need you on the facilities team. And so we would love to have you there, too. Um, but as Brooke was saying, there's a lot going on. There's a lot happening this week. Um, and so I'm excited about the Seder dinner. Um, this is just something that me and my family have 
has, have done before, um, just invited friends over, gone through it together, but just to be able to have uh, somebody uh, like Joseph um, Ryan, who's going to be leading it for us from Chosen People Ministry, uh, really excited about that. And so we're probably estimating around 150 people are going to be there. Um, so get signed up, get there a little bit early. Um, and again, we're going to be giving out this uh, devotional here, 40-day uh, devotional that's going to be going through the, the, the life of Jesus in the book of Luke. And so it's 40 days. Uh, we're going to give it to you free. Um, and whoever comes talks to me today, you're going to get it free before everybody else that comes. Uh, but we only got 50 copies, so come and grab that. And then also, too, um, we want to make sure that you have a Bible. Um, so we provide free Bibles every week. And uh, like, don't feel bad about taking the Bible, okay? You're not stealing it. We're giving it to you. Um, and so we have them outside here, um, also at the front. And then if you need a Bible, come up to me afterwards. I'd love to get that to you. Now, we are in a series called Ancient Wisdom in a Modern World. And we've been looking at the book of Proverbs. Um, this is exciting uh, to look through Proverbs because what we've seen is that God's wisdom is all throughout his scripture um, and really impacts every aspect of our lives. Uh, now, we've been looking at various passages uh, within Proverbs, and today it's going to be kind of scattered because what we talked about is the outline for Proverbs is uh, chapters 1 through 9 are going to be setting you up for uh, chapters 10 through 31. Um, but you're going to find that, kind of like life, uh, you've got these different phrases and proverbs all throughout scattered through chapters 10 through 31 about different aspects of life. And so that's why we've gathered some of them together today. And we are going to be talking about why the inner life matters. Why the inner life matters. Now, in his book, Spiritual Depression, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones asked this, have you ever realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? And so my question this morning is, what's the internal loop that goes on in your mind, in your heart? And your emotions. See, what type of thoughts are you listening to each day? And one pastor painted the picture for us, like some of us wake up and, and this is our morning. He says, the alarm has rudely interrupted our sleep and the listening begins. As we stumble through our morning routine, we're not directing the thoughts in our mind. We're simply at their mercy. We entertain complaints about what happened yesterday or worries about what is coming today. We look in the bathroom mirror and assess the damage, then brood over how we feel. We're not in charge of our thinking. We're just there. So what does it look like to not just listen to yourself, but talk to yourself? Some of you say, I talk to myself every day. <laughs> no, my wife's caught me a few times. Psalm 42.5 says this, 
Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. Now, this is a glimpse of a discouraging moment in time for the psalmist. This is possibly King David. And he's having this internal conversation with himself. See, the writer understood that instead of listening to himself, he needed to talk to himself. The inner life matters. So how about you? How healthy are you on the inside? I must confess that, that I've had distressing moments of not being able to understand myself. My thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, my actions. And then later reflecting, why am I so sad, nervous, anxious, exhausted, discouraged, heartbroken, angry, bitter? Why are all of these emotions just rushing upon me? See, friends, this is a journey. You and I will not become wise until we can acknowledge our need for inner understanding and also healing. So how can God's wisdom offer that? Well, throughout this year, we've been studying the book of Proverbs and looking at what wisdom is and how to attain it. We've seen that wisdom is aligning ourselves with God's design for the world. When it talks about this wisdom, it's called, it, it's the Hebrew word is hokmah, and, it, and it's this wisdom that won't exist in our lives apart from a fear of the Lord. Now, we saw this in Proverbs 1.7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge, understanding. See, the fear of the Lord is a thread that runs throughout the book of Proverbs and all throughout the Bible. This fear is this awe, wonder of saying, God, you're God and I'm not. You are all wise, all knowing. And I'm not. See, this is just a reminder to us, but Proverbs is not a, a book of good tips and techniques and advice on how to have this beautiful, successful life. Are there some things that we can learn from this that will help us along in life, but that's ultimately not it. See, Proverbs is God's invitation on how to live well in his created world through his power, through his strength, through his gospel message. See, there's a good news message that's all threaded through the texts that we're looking at today. Commentators on this text, uh, Daniel and Jonathan Aiken said, God created the world with an order to work in a certain way. And we must live according to that to be truly wise. But in our brokenness, we don't see it. Proverbs is all about restoring that harmony through Jesus Christ. Proverbs is all about becoming wise in everyday life through a relationship with Jesus, through the gospel, 
It's about the life of the kingdom that God always meant for humankind to live. See, there is a life of flourishing that God is calling you to, but it's through understanding who he is and what he's done for you. Jesus tells us what our internal life should look like. He says in Matthew twenty two thirty seven, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He was asked, what is the greatest commandment? You see, when he talks about the heart, when he talks about the soul, when he talks about the mind, these are things that are inside you. They're internal. And what happens is as God transforms you from the inside, it becomes external. It says, then you love your neighbor as yourself. But God is wanting to transform us from the inside out. So what's the goal of today's message? Well, Pete Scazzaro says it well. He says, the critical issue on the journey with God is not am I happy, but am I free? See, for some of us, we want the book of Proverbs to be about how can I make my life happy? But God is trying to free us from the lies and deceptions that we believed that are trapping us on a daily basis. Again, what are the thoughts? What are the heart motivations? What are the emotions that are controlling, that are rampant in our lives? What does it sound like? And so our text is, again, Proverbs 14, 15, and 18. Just to give some background here, this is written by King Solomon. Solomon is the son of King David. Um, He asked for wisdom, and God granted it to him. And as we talked about, the outline of 1 through 9 just sets us up for these passages in 10 through 31. And so that's what we're going to be looking at the rest of our time here as we study the book of Proverbs. But this collection of different Proverbs, these sayings, short sayings with great impact and meaning. And what we see here is there's contrasts in life. The life of somebody who lives with wisdom, the person who rejects it and lives foolishly. And so from today's text, what can we learn about God healing the inner life? Well, what we see is we're going to break down three aspects of it. So the first one is it's by seeing the hidden struggle Number two, the inner workings. And number three, the deepest question. The hidden struggle, the inner workings, the deepest question. So the first one is the hidden struggle. Look at verses 14, uh, 10, 13, and 30, okay? So that's where we're going to start. Here's what it says in verse 10. The heart knows its own bitterness, and no stranger shares its joy. Even in laughter, the heart may ache. And the end of joy may be grief. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Now, what is this telling us? It's telling us that the heart has secrets. See, that the heart is inside of you that place where you place trust and you say this is what's most important to me in life it's very deep inside of you but it there's secrets there's secret experiences feelings emotions thoughts 
of both pain and also joy that you have that no one could ever fully understand. As much as we try, all of this can't be fully understood by another person. That's what this is telling us. See, these verses, they identify our hidden bitterness, heartache, grief, envy. There are things that we don't want people to know about us. Maybe there's things that we've done, things that we have experienced, things that we've thought, that we've just thought, you know, that's better to just kind of keep it to myself. It's probably best that it just stays there. But here's what it says. It says, the heart knows. And then no stranger shares. So you and I journey through this life. Like we talked about last week, wanting to be understood. But what this is telling us is that deep down, you'll never truly, truly, truly be fully understood. There will be people who will come along. Maybe a spouse, friends, children, that will be able to see different aspects of your life. But they weren't there through the whole of it. I was talking about, my, about this with my wife this week. You know, that she was talking about just some of the struggles that she faces, and, and we were just talking about it, and, and I said, you know, I, I, I think what you're wanting from some of the people that you're around is that you're wanting them to really, 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 really understand you, like your heart motivations, everything about you. You want them to know all of those things. And I said, at some point, you've got to come to the reality that that's unrealistic. It's unrealistic. Because what I told her is, I said, you know, you know that phrase, I'm not expecting you to understand. I always kind of thought that was a weird phrase, you know, like, well, I'm not expecting you to understand. Sometimes it can be like this really aggressive, like, I'm not expecting you to understand. But... I was thinking about it. I was like, that actually fits with what Scripture says. Not in a rude way or a way where people aren't really trying to understand you because there will be people who really do like want to learn more about you and all that stuff, but like really deep down to understand. I said to place that expectation on people could be completely unrealistic because what if people really don't want to? Or they're trying to, but they're just like, I just don't get it. And again, being married 17 years, about to be 18 years this year, I tell my wife, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I really don't understand. It just happens. But do you know what this is pointing us to? That the only one who could truly understand is God. That the only one who sees to the depths of who we are is God. And then when you see that God is the one who can see your hidden struggles, I, he can see my hidden struggles, then I don't put unrealistic expectations on people 
but I know God, you know. I can explain, but you know. See, in verse 13, it says this, even in laughter, the heart may ache and the end of joy may be grief. Verse 30, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Now first, even in laughter, the heart may ache. There's times where it's, we just, we're told, you just got to put on a happy face. Why aren't you laughing? Why aren't you smiling? Why, you just need to do it this way or that way because if everybody found out that you're not feeling so great right now, then everybody else will be down. The Bible tells us the truth. and It says you will go through times where you might be laughing on the outside but just aching on the inside. Verse 30, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. What does this mean? That our physical life and spiritual life are connected. The last part of verse 30 is saying that emotional unhealth can lead to physical unhealth. And that the opposite is true. It means that you can eat healthy, work out, make good decisions, and still physically be wasting away. We say, this problem or issue is eating away at me. Biblically, that's it's true. See, there is a restlessness within us all. And we need somewhere to confess these things. Like we've talked about before, to say, God, yes, I'm bitter right now. I, I have a heartache. I have grief. I have envy. I wish my life was like that person's. We're comparing. See, the hidden struggles that we all face, that if we tried to explain to somebody else, they just wouldn't get it. Where do we go? St. Augustine wrote in his confessions this. He says, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Where do you take your heart? Where do you take a restless heart? Where do you take the hidden struggles? He says it's not until we rest in him that we can find rest. The inner life matters. The second point, uh, the inner workings. Look at verses uh, in 15, 4 and 13. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is crushed. Now, what are these Proverbs telling us? Well, it's telling us that the inner workings of life are much more complex than we realize. For many of us, we want to stay on the surface. But God's word takes us deeper. See, first, in both, it uses the word spirit. What's it referring to? Well, this spirit is the Hebrew word for wind, ruach. When you look back in the, the book of Genesis, as God is creating you and me uh, in his image, it says that he breathed life into humanity. Men and women, he brought, breathed life 
Ruach, spirit. See, when it refers to your inner life and my inner life, it's like what we might call today just like this passion for life, this, this energy within, the desire to get out of bed in the morning, take on the day. So what is it that can mend or break the spirit in you and me? Well, verse four says, a gentle tongue is a tree of life. Now this word for gentle can also mean healthy and healing. And when we find specifically, it says the tree of life, this should get us thinking back to where? The beginning. Genesis. You see, in the book of Genesis, at the very beginning, we see the tree of life. And then at the very end, in the book of Revelation, we see the tree of life. This is one of the few places where it talks about the tree of life again in the Bible. But it says a gentle tongue is a tree of life. Now, this word for gentle can also mean healthy and healing. And you and I need that health and healing to transform our lives. In 2015, Andrew Peterson released a song entitled, Be Kind to Yourself. Now, Andrew Peterson is a Christian uh, musician. He was a little nervous about the title of the song because he just didn't want people to get, misunderstand it. He didn't want us to think, well, you know, just, just be kind to yourself, you know, just pump yourself up from the inside, just love yourself a little bit more. Like, that's not what he was saying. Here's why he wrote this song. He wrote this song for his daughter. And he, in an interview about the lyrics, he explained this. He says, I was driving home from the studio one night thinking about my little girl, Skye, who's 12 years old and just precious and sweet and also really emotional. Like a lot of girls her age, she's going through changes. And she had a night where she was upset about something. I saw a turn happen where whatever she was upset about turned inward and she was no longer upset about something, somewhat, something else, but she was upset with and hard on herself. He says, I remember being her age and I also remember being the age I am now and not liking myself very much, thinking if only God had made me different, I wouldn't annoy my friends as much. I can be really hard on myself. Seeing it happen with her, it really broke my heart. I was talking with her and told her she, she needs to be kind to herself and prayed with her. When I came to bed, my wife said she hoped I paid attention to the words I said to Skye because that's what she says to me all the time. It was this beautiful moment where I think God ambushed me with this song I wrote for my daughter. I sang it to her and we both cried and all of a sudden, I felt God saying to me to pay attention to the love I have for my daughter because that's the love he has for me, only infinitely more. It turned into a song that God was using to speak to me about his love as well as for me to speak to my daughter about my love for her. Some of the words of this song, he says this. He says, I know it's hard to hear it 
when that anger in your spirit is pointed like an arrow at your chest, when the voices in your mind are anything but kind and you can't believe your father knows best, I love you just the way that you are. I love the way he's shaping your heart. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. See, this is a gentle tongue leading to the tree of life. This is the heart of the Father being spoken into his creation. The Imago Dei. See, next, why is a per perverse tongue so damaging? Well, this word for perverseness is deceit, words that are crooked and distorted, false. There's a duplicity to it. There's a lack of integrity. It's deliberately deviating from what is good. Here's what Jesus said about the devil in John 8, 44. Said he was a murderer from the beginning. Does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he's a liar and a father and the father of lies. What can this lead to? Verse 13 talks about sorrow. This is a suffering, anxiety, grief, anguish. It's a mental state of pain, being in an unfavorable circumstance and feeling like you just can't get out. Verse 13 talks about a crushed spirit. This is a hopeless state, a condition where one is in utter state of distress. This is the picture of being pressed and crushed down. To crush the spirit. Now let me ask, do the words that you listen to in your mind sound more like God's words or the enemy's? Are these words that are speaking of his love and grace and what he's done for you? Are these words that are filling your mind that are here to crush you? Lastly, the deepest question. Verse uh, 18, 14. A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? What does this mean? Well, first, it says our spirit can overcome physical sickness. You probably know people who, who just have a resilience. They've gotten through uh, a very, uh, very, very, uh, Difficult sickness, cancer, something, they survived. They fought, they've overcome. But here's the reality. As much as we can fight and overcome sickness, it doesn't say that we can overcome death. We can overcome sickness for a while, but we can't overcome death. And that reality can eventually break the spirit. It can break the spirit. One of the most resilient women I know is my wife's uh, grandmother. And um, she had, her first husband died in a fire. She had two kids at the time. She was a single mom with two kids. 
she got remarried. Uh, she's seen her daughter, two of her daughters, my, my wife's mom, and then uh, not too long ago, her, her other daughter uh, died before she did. Um, she's buried her second husband in a very tragic accident, a very tragic accident. And she's a woman of faith. She's resilient because she loves the Lord. She loves Jesus. And she, she just knows it. She's just like, you know, this is, this is not my home. My home is with God. Commentator Bruce Walkie says this. He says, can Barrett pictures a broken spirit that has been flogged out of a person as a load or burden to be borne. Since none can bear a broken spirit and implicitly prevents its possessor from finishing the course and brings him in, uh, down in an untimely defeat. When the spirit is gone, a person is as good as dead. Therefore, psychological depression is worse than physical affliction, is what he says. See, what's the answer to life's deepest question. When we really think about this and think about the things that we really don't want to think about, but we get down to it, what's the answer? God doesn't give us a technique. He gives us himself. He gives us himself. That's the gospel. That's the reality. That's the, that's the answer that we deep down need more than anything. See, Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 5 say this. Sure, he has borne our griefs, if you're grieving. Carried our sorrows, if you're in sorrow. Esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, afflicted. Do you feel like an outcast? Do you feel like no one understands you? He was pierced for our transgressions. All of the guilt and the shame that we can carry on a daily basis that goes in our minds. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. What's going to be the answer for a restless heart to rest in his peace? With his wounds we are healed. How can we apply the blood of Jesus to the heartache and things that we've gone through in life how do we actively again and again come back to this the words of jesus john 16 take heart take heart he says for i have overcome the world i've overcome the world christ is overcome so just some takeaways how can we be healthier from the inside out? Real quickly, by recognizing the lies and deceptions that I can believe. The lies and deceptions I believe. In the Chronicles of Narnia, the Voyage of the Dawn Tread, in the movie version, Lucy is struggling with who she is. She wants to be like her sister, Susan. And Aslan, who's the Christ figure in the Narnia series, 
says you doubt your value, don't run from who you are. You doubt your value. How do you and I doubt our value? It's when we believe the lies and the deceptions. Friends, you and I were so valuable that the Son of God gave his life. You were so valuable that God loved us infinitely at great expense to himself. In those moments where you feel like God doesn't see you, he does. That's how much God cares for us. Don't allow the lies and deceptions to drag you down and to crush you. Next one, the truths and healing I need. The Apostle Paul in Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 16 says this. He says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. In your inner being. The Apostle Paul is praying that we would understand the riches of what God has done in our inner being. He's praying for it. See, we need a continual dose of God's grace to make it through the day, the week, the month, the year. And so my question is, are you seeking his gentle words of love, care, affection towards you? those moments where we need to be corrected and rebuked and put back on track but know that he's doing it in love? See, this will lead to life. Lastly, it's this, to recognize the the answer to my deepest struggles. Now, here's what I want us to be clear on today. The, The answer is nuanced. Please don't walk away from this message and say, well, all I need is God. Let me just pray away my anxiety, my depression, all these things. The Bible is multi-dimensional, not one-dimensional. We talked about today many aspects of it. And so Timothy Keller has been so helpful for me in understanding this, and I'm going to read this. It's not going to be on the screen, and then he's going to give a few things just to take away here, but he says this. What goes wrong with a spirit? What causes a crushed spirit? Why do our emotions and our feelings seem to get out of control? Why do we get so downcast sometimes? Why do we lose all passion for life? Why do we struggle so much? What is our problem? He says, do you know what the Bible or what the biblical answer is? He says, it's complicated. It's complicated. The Bible's understanding of human nature, understanding of what goes wrong inside is more nuanced, more multifaceted, more multidimensional, more complex than any other answer I know of, any other counseling model, any book on despondency or what's wrong or how to love, uh, have emotional health or how to have a happy life. You read them all and compared to the Bible, they are one-dimensional. They're reductionistic. They boil everything down. They're too sim- simple-minded. They're not wise. The Bible gives you the most fully nuanced, the, the most complex assessment of what uh, can go wrong and lead to despondency and lead to a crushed spirit. And so here's what he says. He says, he gives five reasons why you may have a crushed spirit. He says there's a physical aspect. He says if you're weary, if you're not eating right, if you have chemical imbalances, 
there can be a physical aspect to having a crushed spirit. And then he talks about how he went through, he had thyroid cancer, and that can have a huge impact on you physically and how you feel. See, we need doctors. That's a grace from God. Another one, an emotional, relational aspect. It could be relationships with family, friends, coworkers that, that could be distressing to us. See, we need an outside word of love and kindness. There's a moral aspect to it. This is talking about conscience and guilt. It's talking about what can go wrong on the inside in your spirit and your emotions, what can go wrong inside. If you know you're not living uh, according to God's word, if you, if you know you're not living up to God's standards, if you feel guilt and shame, if, if, you, if you feel like a failure in any way, this can be crushing. How do you lean into the gospel and God's grace? There could be an existential aspect. He says, do you realize there's an existential angst? Everybody knows all parties will eventually, they're going to be over. All joy really does end in grief. Death ends everything. Everything your heart wants out of life eventually will be taken away at some point. That's the reality. And then he says, lastly, there's a faith aspect. All of us set our heart on something as our ultimate hope, ultimate trust, the thing we are looking for to really make ourselves happy, really make ourselves feel significant. The way we say, if I have that, then my life means something. Then I know I'm a somebody. Then I know I'm all right. And then we don't get that thing and it just crushes us. So as I wrap up, my question is this, do you see him? Do you see him? God is willing to walk with us through all of that, to bring us to a place of healing, to that tree of life that we all need. Do you see him when it says in Isaiah 53, 5, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. With his wounds we are healed. See, Jesus being pierced, crushed, wounded for you, for me. It says by his wounds we are healed. My encouragement today is this. If you're struggling on the inside, please start with him. Humble yourself before him. Let him transform you from the inside out. Let's pray. Jesus, we come to you knowing that your word is true. And I thank you, God, for the ways in which your common grace helps us to, to face some of the challenges that we go through. Lord, this is, this is a reality check for us. Help us to lean on what Christ has done. He's carried it all so that we could truly be free. I just pray for freedom today from the destructive thoughts, the thought patterns, the, the heart patterns, the, the life patterns that the enemy just wants to, he wants to bring about in our lives. Free us, Lord Jesus, from those things and help us to trust in Christ. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. 
If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.